A listener's note, the following series includes descriptions of violence, sexual assault, and grooming. It is not recommended for young audiences. The People versus Robichaux and Riley is an ongoing case. At the time of this episode's original air date, neither of the defendants had been convicted of any crimes. Around 11.30 p.m. on October 2nd, 2016, 83-year-old Coran Gibson was getting ready for bed at her home in Newport Beach, California, when she was startled by an insistent noise coming from the alley behind her house. I was in bed, my husband was out of town, and off of my bedroom, I have a little deck that looks onto 43rd Street. We're on 43rd Street. All of a sudden, I heard this terrific scream, help. And it was just sounded really desperate. And I thought, what is that? I think I heard it three times. But anyway, I got out of bed and I went to the deck just to look outside because it was coming from the ocean side. But I couldn't tell where it was. I didn't see anybody. Coran, who has feathery white hair and a warm, easy smile, had an urge to run outside. But her husband was out of town and she was in her pajamas. And anyway... She could see from the deck off of the bedroom that her neighbor, Austin, had already taken off on foot to see what was happening. So I came back in and called 911. And I just said, somebody's yelling help. It sounds frantic. And I've never heard anybody sound like that. And please hurry. Then Coran went downstairs to the alleyway, where a group of neighbors had already assembled. The police car came immediately and... Two of them ran between the houses. One on the corner is the crime scene, and the other one is next door. And we couldn't tell if it was which house it was. We didn't know. And so anyway, the police ran in between the houses and disappeared. They were in there forever. They didn't come out. And it finally got to be around midnight. I had been waiting for maybe an hour or something. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. I can't wait, <laughs> wait any longer. Later... Coran would find out, first from gossiping neighbors and then reporters on the hunt, that a 25-year-old woman told officers she couldn't remember how she'd gotten there. She'd awoken that night to find an orthopedic surgeon named Grant Robichaux, hitting her in the face while Robichaux's girlfriend, Sarissa Riley, filmed the altercation on an iPhone. The victim, who says she met the pair while out at a bar with a friend, was wearing only a top and underwear. She would become one of seven women who say they were drugged or raped by the couple. According to public documents, the handsome doctor, along with his older sister Jennifer and Jennifer's husband William, purchased the three-story, $2 million duplex just four months earlier. The plan was to flip the property in two years. Until then, the adult siblings would share the home, Jennifer and William and their young son in the main property. Grant in the two-bedroom apartment upstairs. Locals began to notice sandy surfboards piling up in the front patio. They'd been happy to put an end to the carousel of young renters coming in and out of the place. But now, the rumors about her new neighbors were flying. Every day, it seemed, Coran heard something new. Somebody said that they heard her say, get off me. I didn't hear that, but somebody said that. Now, the one neighbor on the corner then said the next day we were talking, and I said, what was it? And he had gone fishing with the doctor, so he knew him. 
I asked him because he seemed to know a lot. And he said, well, he didn't want to tell me this. He's kind of embarrassed. They said it was rough sex, is what he said. And I said, oh. From Justine Harmon and Audio Check, this is OC Swingers. Chapter one, The Lifestyle. She slept for years on a bench in a park. She made some passes at man in the dark. They began running alone through the night. When she began loving, they put up no fight. Police paperwork filed by the Newport Beach Police Department from that night in October 2016 paints a chaotic scene. At 11.36 p.m., officers responded to reports of screaming. They first checked 206 44th Street with negative results before knocking on the door at 204 44th Street on the corner of Balboa Boulevard. 36-year-old Grant answered the door, shirtless and in shorts. He told officers that he and his girlfriend, Sarissa, went out drinking that night and that he wasn't sure if they'd brought anyone home with them. He said he'd gone to sleep in the upstairs bedroom and was awoken by a strange girl screaming at the foot of his bed. He didn't recognize her, and he didn't know whether Sarissa had brought her home either. The report then reads, Robichaux stated he put his arms out in a motion to control her because she was yelling and screaming. Robichaux stated he recorded the incident on his cell phone, but refused to show officers the video. Robichaux denied hitting or assaulting any female subjects. Robichaux said it is common for subjects he does not know to spend the night at his house so that they don't drink and drive. Officers interviewed the three women on the scene. There was 29-year-old Sarissa, the alleged victim, and the alleged victim's friend. All three appeared to be heavily intoxicated. The report says that the victim had bloodshot, watery eyes, odor of an alcoholic beverage emanating from her person, slurred speech, and unsteady gait. The report continues. After finishing my interview with the victim, I attempted to speak with her approximately five minutes later. She stated she did not remember talking with me the first time. Sarissa said she had been blacked out and had no memory of the previous two to three hours, but that the two women at her home were crazy. She was unable to provide any other information. The incident, which was later filed under suspicious circumstances and closed by the Newport Beach Police Department, a fact that later became vital to Grant and Sarissa's defense, was reopened a little over a year later as part of a larger investigation into the couple. Turns out, that wasn't the only incident on file. Six months earlier, a woman told police that Sarissa and Grant had drugged and raped her as a team. Finally, on January 3rd, 2018, a judge signed a warrant permitting detectives to search the beach house. Six days later, on January 9, 2018, officers recovered two illegal assault rifles, an AR-15 and an AK-47, and controlled substances, including large quantities of mushrooms, cocaine, MDMA, or ecstasy, and over 100 liquid grams of GHB, also known as the date rape drug. They also seized a mountain of digital evidence, including more than 214,000 video files, 3.5 million pictures, 
a million documents, and 137,000 emails from the couple's computers. Nearly two full years after Coran Gibson called 911, the couple was charged with rape by use of drugs and assault with intent to commit sexual offense. On September 18, 2018, then-District Attorney Tony Rakakis first discussed the details of the case. Standing at a wooden podium in a crisp navy blue suit, his dark hair slicked back with streaks of white at the temples, he addresses members of the press. In front of him, a placard advertises his Twitter handle, at OCDA Tony. This morning, my office is announcing the filing of charges and the arrest of well-known Newport Beach orthopedic surgeon and reality star Greg Robichaux and his female companion, Sarissa Riley. The two were charged on September 11, 2018 on the following counts, rape by use of drugs, oral copulation by anesthesia or controlled substance, assault with intent to commit a sexual offense, four counts of possession of a controlled substance for sale, two counts of possession of an assault weapon, Robichaux is additionally charged with two sentencing enhancements for being personally armed with a firearm during health and safety code violations. Rakakis then urges additional victims to come forward. We believe the defendants use their good looks and charm to lower the inhibitions of their potential prey. I want women out there to know that the Orange County District Attorney's Office is taking this case very seriously. We know some victims might blame themselves. They might feel there's no crime to report because they knowingly drank alcohol, or consume illegal substances with the defendants. But you need to hear this. Your conscious decisions to party with these defendants, or with anybody, using alcohol or other intoxicating substances, does not give them a pass to rape, assault, or have sex with you once you're past the point of consent. To do so is a crime. If you feel you've been victimized in this case, we ask that you contact Supervising Investigator Eric Wiseman from our office. We'll listen to you, we'll conduct a full investigation, and we'll do so without judgment. We've all heard of a wolf dressed up in sheep's clothing, while a wolf can wear scrubs or doctor's clothing, or a wolf can be a beautiful woman. Then Rakakis fields questions from the media. And here's where things get really interesting. If this were a TV show or a movie, we might freeze the frame to make sure you're paying extra close attention. Bill Cunningham from Good Morning America asks about the content of the digital evidence recovered from Grant and Sarissa's home back in January. You mentioned you don't know how many victims. How many videos do you have of different victims? Many. Dozens? Hundreds? Hundreds. More than a thousand? I think so. That there could be hundreds or more than a thousand assaults on videotape goes on to make headlines over and over again. Dr. Grant William Robichaux and his companion, Sarissa Riley, were arrested last week for allegedly picking up two women in Newport Beach, drugging them, and sexually assaulting them. Once even appeared on a reality dating show on television, is facing charges this morning for drugging and raping two women. But it doesn't stop there, police believe. Police think, in fact, there could be hundreds of victims. His name, Grant Robichaux. A month later, on October 17th, 2018, additional charges are filed against the couple. That same day, Danielle Bajak, one of the victims in the criminal case, also files a reported $22 million civil suit against the couple. After the arraignment, Rakakis once again addresses the press. 
As of today, we're able to file charges on behalf of seven victims. Both defendants, Grant Robichaux and Sarissa Riley, are charged with multiple counts of kidnapping with the intent to commit sexual offense, rape by the use of drugs, assault with the intent to commit sexual offenses, possession of a controlled substance for sale, and its corresponding sentencing enhancements. Additionally, Robichaux is charged with forcible rape, an additional count of rape by use of drugs, and possession of an illegal assault weapon. If convicted, Robichaux faces 82 years and four months to life in prison, and Riley faces 63 years to life in prison. I first became aware of the case against Sarissa Riley and Grant Robichaux back in February of last year when my producer Josh sent me a Los Angeles Magazine story written by Jason McGahan. The title, Accused of Serial Rape, a Newport Beach surgeon and his girlfriend used the swinger defense. Josh and I spent hours that day talking about that article and our differences in perspective, how our personal biases and experiences affect the way we view the world around us. He's a former Hollywood executive. I'm a journalist who spent the last 10 years working in women's magazines, first at People, then at Elle and Glamour, and honing essays about the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and our collective so-called reckoning. When we first got interested in this case, Josh and I talked about the shoddy veneer of statements like, believe all women, and how deeply critical society is of women who look a certain way, women who party, status-seeking women who find themselves blacked out at a handsome doctor's multi-million dollar home in the middle of the night. We realized that in some ways, this story could only happen in Orange County. To understand why that is, you first have to understand the setting. Well, covering Orange County overall, it's kind of a, a tough place to characterize by one thing, just because so many different parts of it are so many different things. For instance, you have the areas like Newport, or South Orange County, which are kind of more upscale areas. And then, of course, you have kind of more working class areas, Santa Ana, parts of Anaheim, in which you have a whole different set of issues. Sean Emery has been a crime reporter for the Orange County Register for over 14 years and has been covering the case against Dr. Grant Robichaux and Sarissa Riley since the beginning. He even got lawyered up back in 2018 when the court briefly tried to stop him and a handful of other reporters from disseminating search warrant details to the public. You'll hear from Sean throughout this series. He's kind of our man on the ground in the OC. Uh, As far as the political leanings, traditionally, Newport has been conservative. Newport, for most of Orange County's history, was kind of the seat of county, or I shouldn't say the seat of county power. It was an area where a lot of the individuals who were most active in in conservative politics and who kind of had the control over the county were based. Fortune magazine once called Orange County a constellation of 34 individual cities located only 35 miles south of L.A., America's nut country. The nickname stuck. Then, in 2016, Hillary Clinton cracked that nut by becoming the first Democratic presidential candidate to win the county since the Great Depression. In contrast, California as a state has been voting for Democratic presidents for the last 30 years. A 2018 New York Times article titled Orange County Fights Turning Blue and the Resistance is Formidable describes it like this. Conservative views, though fading, 
remains strong across this rectangle of Pacific beachfront and suburban sprawl southeast of Los Angeles. Newport Beach, one of Orange County's six coastal cities and likely its most affluent, is 80% white and predominantly Christian and Republican. It's a place where a subtle allegiance to old world thinking still grants you access to wealth, influence, and political protection lurking just beneath the surface. You don't need to wear a MAGA hat in nut country. You just have to want to, wink, wink, make America great again. And among the many local appetites, chief among them is an ageless quest for the good life. You could say that people come to Newport for the three Bs. Boats, beers, and babes. You shouldn't, but you could. I think it is part of that Southern California culture of that spring break culture. And this is kind of the, I think, the adult equivalent of that to a certain extent. You know, this is a destination, you know, say this is an area people go for spring break. You know, it's for years known for its July 4th celebrations, basically open party city on some of these days. And of course, it is the affluent side of it as well. Newport is one of the most affluent parts of, of Orange County and one of the most affluent parts of Southern California. You know, the Balboa area is the more, I don't know if rowdier is the right word, but kind of the more party-centric versus the more sedate, comparatively, mansions a little more inland. This case, as it has evolved, has definitely taken in the culture of, of Newport Beach in particular. And this subculture, the swinger subculture within Newport Beach and the Balboa Peninsula area and all that entails. The swinger subculture itself, it's not one that gets a lot of mainstream attention, I wouldn't say. It's kind of one of those things that's underneath the surface. Having said that, you know, Newport has, and especially the Balboa area, has a reputation for it's a party area. It's an area that's very upscale, a lot of young professionals. And I don't know if extreme is the right word for it, but it's kind of like the far end of that culture, that culture of partying, of young professionals having fun. And obviously you have the, the drug element. That's kind of the far edge of it. Though it may not be mainstream, the Orange County Swinger subculture isn't exactly new either. For the June 1999 issue of Los Angeles Magazine, writer Dave Gardetta embedded with devotees of a sex-positive movement known back then simply as the lifestyle. No one can remember why it started here or even account for its fulminating growth through the last decade. But Orange County on Saturday night, he wrote, has become the Xanadu where Los Angeles's middle classes seek to reinvent themselves. In the piece, Gardetta argues that the lifestyle is where the liberal agenda and conservative values meet, because the lifestyle doesn't exist without the heteronormative couple. At the end of the day, you go home to your partner, your yard, your bed. He writes, it bridges the worlds of the prom dance and the lap dance. You can have sex with seven new friends on Saturday night and still make it to church on time Sunday morning. Some of the women quoted were reluctant to join the lifestyle at first, but they slowly came around to it. I didn't know what to expect. I thought I'd walk in and get raped, said a petite brunette named Julie. When I finally got in, though, my husband John had to pull me back because I liked it so much. Most of the couples featured in the story are traditional, if not frumpy. Of one, Gardetta writes... There are matching his and hers towels in the bathroom of their small Reseda home, two Ford Escorts in the driveway, and a little garden in the back. 
From the sidewalk, their lives are the picture of normalcy. They're also unremarkable in the one way that makes being desired by multiple strangers in a single night unlikely in the real world. Of that same Reseda couple, Gordetta writes, Chris has the looks and build that were once called Zaftig Blonde. And Jeff, who met Chris in junior college and works on computers most of the day, looks, well, like he works on computers most of the day. Unlike their swinging predecessors, Grant Robichaux and Sarissa Riley do not look like they work at computers most of the day. Sarissa, who is now 33, has a lean dancer's body, long brown hair, and wide-set blue eyes. She's one of the few people who can actually pull off low-rise jean shorts. Many news stories about this case refer to her as a model, despite there being no evidence that she ever was one. Louisiana-bred Robichaux, who turned 40 last year but still looks 25, has storybook good looks and a crest-white smile. That, combined with a few flattering press hits, made him something of a local celebrity. Around Newport Beach, Grant Robichaux was kind of the man. He was often spotted skateboarding with a surfboard tucked under his arm or hopping into his silver Mercedes G-Wagon in scrubs and vans. Coran's neighbor, Lindsay, liked to refer to him as cutie patootie, or simply, our gorgeous neighbor. You know, people would say to me, I think you're moving to Los Angeles, and then I said, no, I don't think I am. Orange County is a big place. There are 3.2 million people that live here. If it was its own separate market, it's the same size as Phoenix, Scottsdale, Minneapolis, St. Paul, cities like that. This is Chris Schultz. He was the publisher of Orange Coast Magazine, a luxury lifestyle publication that played a small but vital role in catapulting Dr. Robichaud to semi-stardom when they named him Bachelor of the Year in 2013. Schultz became something of an OC historian after moving from New York over 25 years ago. He knows what people think about the place. For better or worse, three TV shows came into existence in the early 2000s that put Orange County on the map. Again, better or worse. The OC, Laguna Beach, and the Real Housewives franchise, which actually the first one they ever did was Real Housewives of Orange County. At least that gave it national uh, visibility, but unfortunately it had a tendency to play up the vapid sort of high society or striving to be high society elements of Orange County. I'm pint-sized, baptized, and highly prized. Newport Beach has always been a very special place. It has always been a wealthy community. It really started as kind of weekend bungalows for people from Los Angeles, Pasadena, etc. That was a little bit of the genesis of a lot of the areas that grew up in and around Newport Harbor. Uh, but it's always had some wealth there. Um, but that being said, it is not a monolithic place because there are about six or seven very distinct little communities within Newport Beach that all have a slightly uh, different identity. That being said, it is probably the most of all of the towns in Orange County, and there is wealth throughout many areas, the area of most conspicuous wealth. The largest houses, bigger you know, boats in the harbor, living large lifestyle. Chris says the whole bachelor thing was a promotion dreamt up by the marketing department at Orange Coast. It was kind of this dorky thing where they rounded up 10 local hotties, 
threw a little cocktail party and then had the guests vote on the Bachelor of the Year. And this gentleman, Grant Robichaud, Dr. Robichaud, won the event. It was the first and only time I had ever seen this guy. But I do remember that evening that he was a clearly successful person, you know, plastic surgeon in Newport Beach. He had a good smile. He was a handsome guy. And I was not surprised when the audience members chose him as the bachelor. That was the end of it. We never repeated the bachelor event in future years. And frankly, we completely forgot about it until, you know, whatever it was, four years later, when he was arrested, which made local and national news. Despite the casual nature of the Bachelor of the Year title, Robichaud used it to his advantage. The year after he was named Bachelor of the Year, he appeared on a short-lived Bravo reality series called Online Dating Rituals of the American Male. Yeah, I'm not looking for a party girl. I'm looking for a wife to raise a family with. He's like most eligible bachelor. I just won the title of Orange County's most successful and eligible bachelor. You seem too perfect. What's wrong with you? You look, you look good. Online Dating Rituals, which premiered on March 9th, 2014, was billed as a docuseries that, quote, unmasked the world of the booming online dating culture from the male perspective. Producers had cast a wide net to find their all-American sweetheart. And the 5'10 doctor with sparkling blue eyes, a swoop of golden brown hair, and a comically chiseled chin was almost too good to be true. Footage of Grant was used in both marketing materials and a sizzle reel used to eventually sell the project to Bravo. In it, the orthopedic surgeon is portrayed as a successful Peter Pan living with his best friend Damien and Damien's beautiful girlfriend Tati, with whom Grant is not so secretly in love. The episode description reads... The truth is Grant is looking for someone just like him. Perfect. A member of the original casting team for online dating rituals told me that the men in the show were meant to be a cut above the average reality beefcakes. These were not the jackasses you would typically see on a cable show, she said. We were only allowed to have one personal trainer. But Grant failed to impress. He may have been her all-American sweetheart and the face of the series, but he lacked the capital B Bravo personality. He wouldn't say outlandish things or deliver the juicy sound bites that make a series memorable. The network executives wanted him to have no filter, she said. But you don't become a surgeon by having no filter. She remembered him as seeming above it all and cocky. He wasn't emotional, she said. She continued, the guy was just a snooze fest. I interviewed over 200 Los Angeles-based, successful-ish professional bachelors. If you had given me all of their pitch cards and said, one of these men is a rapist, Dr. Grant would have been in the bottom five. Not because he's innocent, but because he's so blah. Despite only airing for one season and barely making a mark on the airwaves, dating rituals delivered on one promise, exposure. In a blog posted to Bravo.com a month after his episode aired, Grant wrote that he had heard from hundreds of female fans via email, Facebook, and at his office. He wrote, I still tinker with online dating some, but as you know, it can be a lot of work with little reward. What the series didn't reveal is that Damien wasn't just Grant's best friend, roommate, or even the competition. As of April 2014, Dr. Grant Robichaud and Dr. Damien Burgess, a chiropractor, were business partners. 
Newport Care Medical Group, their joint venture along with spine surgeon Dr. Kazra Roshan, was envisioned as a one-stop shop for a variety of boutique physicians. Together, the three doctors also created an LLC, which they called RRB Investments, Roshan, Robichaux, and Burgess. According to publicly filed documents, RRB was established as a management company to handle medications, doctors, and representatives. And according to Roshan and Robichaux, the LLC generated over $600,000 in income its very first year. That same year, in 2014, Dr. Robichaux met his match, a married but separated dance instructor slash part-time elementary school teacher named Sarissa Riley. Unlike Robichaux, who moved to Orange County to complete his residency at the University of California, Irvine, Riley's from the area. She was born and raised in Brea, a suburb almost 40 minutes north of Newport that used to be known for the oil seeping from its mountains and is now mostly known for its big-ass mall. By March of 2015, according to a 20-year-old woman known as Jane Doe No. 2, Grant and Sarissa were using Tinder to recruit women to party with them at the CRSSD Music Festival in San Diego. According to a brief filed by the Orange County District Attorney's Office in May of last year, Jane Doe, too, told investigators she consumed two alcoholic beverages before blacking out. She then woke up in a hotel room to find both Grant and Sarissa touching her. She says she felt unable to move and passed back out. And when she woke up again in the morning, Robichaux was having sex with her. In the next three years, Grant and Sarissa would be accused of working as a team to drug and assault six additional women. They have pled not guilty to all counts. Their lawyers have maintained that all sex acts and drug use were consensual, that the case was manufactured by one district attorney and his lead investigator and bungled by another that these victims are fame-hungry storytellers and opportunists. Party girls who made bad decisions and desperately want to revise history. Over the course of this series, we'll take you back to the beginning and trace every step of the way to one of the most sensational rape cases in recent history. You'll get to know the defendants, the victims, the men and women whose job it is to shape the narratives around each and the cracks in our criminal justice system reserved exclusively for women who cry rape. And we'll give you unprecedented access to the evidence. You'll hear conspiracy theories and testimonials. Hi, I'm Missy Giat, and I'm here to tell you why Grant Robichaux is who I'd recommend for any orthopedic problem. Never before heard depositions. You understood or did you understand that your deposition today was not as Tony Rakakis a uh, layperson such as myself, but it was as Tony Rakakis in your role as the Orange County District Attorney. I would believe it would be uh, a former role, so I am who I am. I'm Tony Rakakis and I was the District Attorney, but I'm not now. And follow along with the case as it unfolds in real time. I have read and reviewed the documents that have been submitted by the defense and people. It is my understanding, Mr. Zimmer, Ms. Stokey, that the people are taking the position that they have an irreconcilable conflict and that you are requesting that the court refer this case to the Attorney General's office for further prosecution. Your faith in institutions 
will be tested. The line between fact and fiction may blur, and your allegiances will most certainly swing. But no matter where you come out in the end, there is one thing you must remember. You can't spell lifestyle without lies. Next time on OC Swingers. It says here that you're four foot nine and a hundred pounds. Is that correct? Uh, yes, around there. So four drinks is a lot for you, isn't it? I know how I usually feel after four drinks. This was different. It felt like I had ten drinks. I could barely walk. I've just never heard of a case where you have a victim saying these are the two people who drugged and raped me and then somehow running the DNA sample through CODIS just to see if there's anybody else. How would you describe the Newport party scene? Oh my God, it's just crazy. OC Swingers is an Audio Chuck original, executive produced by Ashley Flowers and created, written, and reported by me, Justine Harmon. It was produced by Josh McLaughlin, Editing and sound design by David Flowers, with additional research and fact-checking by Barbara Keene. Special thanks to Michael Carey, Anne Dibel, and Anna Hendrick of Quest Investigates, and Oren Rosenbaum at UTA. So Chuck, do you approve? <laughs>